Welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. Today we're in Luke chapter 6, and I want to talk today about a spiritual law. Woo, praise the Lord. That is amazing in its efficiency and consistency. You know, in the scientific realm, for scientists to verify what would be considered a, a law, they have to be able to repeat it over and over again in the laboratory. And I believe that the promise, the statement that the Lord made can be verified over and over again through life experience. Praise God. So we're going to jump into it in just a moment. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we go into your word, that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the words of Jesus, and that we can understand them, take them, and apply them to our lives today. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Let us work with your laws, never against them. Thank you, Father, for the anointing of your Spirit, the illumination of your Spirit, helping us. In Jesus' name, we all agree and say amen. Luke chapter 6, verse 38, a verse that I think many of you probably have memorized, and we need to look at it carefully today. Jesus said, give, and it will be given to you. Now, let's talk about this just um, uh, for a moment from the perspective of Jesus as the rabbi, the Jewish scholar of the Old Testament scriptures, and he says, give, and it will be given to you. Matthew chapter 5, and you can hold your place here, but I want to read a scripture from Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. Jesus said, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets, and that would be the teaching of the prophets. He said, I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For surely I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. So Jesus, he knew the law like the back of his hand. He knew the Torah and all of the writings of the prophets. He was well versed in the scriptures. And you have to understand this as we're going to look at verse 38 again in just a moment. But I want to give you another scripture, Matthew chapter 23. And this would be verse 23. Jesus said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin. So all of these spices and herbs that you can grow in your own back garden. Uh, I tell you what, the, the Pharisees were really good in some areas, and they missed it completely in other areas. But they certainly were tithers. Jesus said, for you pay tithe, even on these little things like mint, anise, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, and mercy, and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Now, look at that statement that Jesus made when he said, without leaving the others undone. So, in other words, pay your tithe. Why? That was a commandment in, in Scripture. That was a commandment that God gave through the Mosaic law, which became law for the children of Israel. Mm -mm. Let's go back to the book of Numbers just for a moment. And I'm going to loop back around, and I'm going to come back to Luke chapter 6, verse 38. But you have to look at that verse from a Jewish mindset. It will help you to uh, squeeze out of it uh, the anointing and power that is there in it. We're going to Numbers chapter 18. And remember, Jesus said, give, and it will be given to you. Well, Pastor Stephen, what am I supposed to give? Do I give the tithe? Is that what he's talking about in that verse of Luke chapter 6, verse 38? No, not at all. Because here we see in Numbers chapter 18, verse 21, that the tithe specifically belongs 
to God. And when you give the tithe, that is something that God has already said belongs to me. Well, Pastor Steve, when I give the tithe, that's all I'm going to do. But it's the offerings that get you over into the area of special blessing. Because when you pay your tithe, you're, you're only giving God what already belongs to Him. It's not like you can jump up and shout, praise God, I'm a, I'm a great giver. Well, that's just normal. Ten, not only that, the, the 10%, uh, in some ways, you could even say it's not even yours to give. It already belongs to God. So you're giving Him what already belongs to Him. So at that point, you're really just on level ground, the ground of obedience. And if you want to move into the blessing, the covenant, then you're going to have to step into offerings. So when Jesus said, give, He's not talking about tithes. He's talking about offerings. Why? Because the tithe already belongs to the Lord. You pay your tithe because it belongs to Him. Praise God. Numbers chapter 18, verse 21. Behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tithes in Israel as an inheritance in return for the work which they perform, the work of the tabernacle of meeting. Isn't that amazing? Now, verse 24. For the tithes of the children of Israel, which they offer up as a heave offering to the Lord, I have given to the Levites as an inheritance. This is beautiful. Now, verse 26, Speak thus to the Levites, and say to them, When you take from the children of Israel the tithes, which I have given you from them as your inheritance, then you shall offer up a heave offering of it to the Lord, a tenth of the tithe. So the people of Israel, God's people in covenant with Him, were commanded to give a tithe of all that they had, a tithe of their livestock, a tithe of their harvest, whether it's wheat or barley or, or you know, grapes or whatever it might be. The tithe belonged to the Lord, and you would take the tithe to the temple, and you present it to the Lord. And once it's given, whether it's a, a financial tithe or, you know, something that uh, is of monetary use, such as, you know, in the form of coins, or if it's uh, one-tenth of your livestock or whatever it is, that is going into the temple. You've given it to the Lord. But there, those that work full-time at the temple, the Levites and the priest, the Levites, they are able to receive the tithe in the sense where this is what's going to allow them to do this work full time. So uh, as food comes in, they're able to eat of that food. As provision comes in, money comes in, they are able to partake of that. And so it's distributed. And then uh, to the Levites, the Lord said, you also are going to give a tithe. Well, Pastor Stephen, who got that tithe? So, the, so you have the children of Israel, they tithe, they give 10%. That 10%, which is to the Lord, is actually going to go to the Levites. But then the Lord said to the Levites, you also are going to give a tithe. And the tithe went to who? It tells us in the following verses. Let's go to verse 28. Thus you shall also offer a heave offering to the Lord from all your tithes, which you receive from the children of Israel, and you shall give the Lord's heave offering, which would be the tithe, from it to Aaron the priest. So the people, the children of Israel, they pay tithe. They're at the temple. The Levites, they partake of the tithes. That's what keeps them living. That's what enables them to do the work of the temple uh, worship system full time. Now the, the Levites are the workers. They're the ones splitting the wood uh, for the you know for the burnt offerings and all of that. They're the ones doing all the as we could say the labor. But the priests are the ones that are officiating over all of the sacrifices. It's the priest and nobody else who have the ability to bless. They can lift their hands. They could they could release a blessing. They would literally put the name of the Lord up on the people. And so they would carry out all of those official functions, but it's the priest that are receiving the tithe that's given to them by the Levites. Praise the Lord. Verse 29, of all your gifts, you shall offer up every heave offering due to the Lord from all the best of them, the consecrated part of them. 
when the people would bring the tithe to the temple. The tithe is one-tenth, and that tithe has to be the best out of the whole group. And so let's say you have 10 $1 bills. Well, the tithe is $1, but it's not just $1. It's the best. Uh, you, you look at the 10 $1 bills you have, you don't give God the one that's all tore up and messed up. Well, I'll give God that one. No, that's the one that you definitely don't give to God. You give God the best. So if you have 10 animals, one belongs to the Lord. You don't give the Lord the worst one. You give the Lord the best one. And so the tithe is one-tenth, and it's the best. That's given to the Lord, and that was not something that was optional. That was a commandment, and when Jesus made that statement in Luke 6, 38, He understood the law. He understood all the commandments, all the requirements, the full institution of the law that was in effect. So when He's saying give, He's not talking about tithes. The tithes go to the temple. Now, the tithe would be the best. The people would tithe, but that tithe is the best, representing their very best they're giving to God. And when it reaches the temple and it's received by the Lord through the ministry of the Levites, well, the Levites can use that to live on. Oh, but the Levites, now they have to pay a tithe also. So they're going to look at that which is already the best, and out of the best that has been presented by the tithes of the people, they're going to give a tithe on that, and that one-tenth would be the very best of the best, and that goes to the priest. Woo! Praise God! You know, Prophet Kenneth Hagin told the story many years back of when he was wanting to buy a vehicle. Didn't really have the money to buy a vehicle, but he just went by faith to the dealership and, you know, was honest with the uh, with the salesman, and the salesman was actually the owner. He owned the whole dealership, and uh, uh, he said, you know, I, I don't have much to trade in, an old junky car. I don't think it's really worth very much. And the owner of the dealership, who was also the salesman, he leaned back in his chair there in his sales office and put his feet up on the desk, and Brother Hagen said the man was smoking a big old cigar. And the man was puffing on his cigar, and he just stopped, and he said, you know what? He said, I just may, he said, I may just be a dirty old sinner, but I believe that the man of God should drive the very best. And he said, if that's the car you want, because Brother Hagin saw a beautiful brand new car there, he said, that's the one you want. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it possible for you. I'm going to give you this amount uh, for trade and allowance on your vehicle. And Brother Hagin said, it's not worth that much. And the man said, well, I'm going to give that uh, to you for a trade and allowance. Gave him a tremendous value on that. And he said, I'm going to give you the financing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give basically what they would call owner financing back then. I'm going to finance it for you. Here, just sign on the paper, and it sure is drive it off. Here's the keys, take it and go. And it's amazing sometimes that people that don't even know God, uh, even sinners, have enough sense to realize that if somebody is doing something that represents God, such as the priest, they should have the best. Why? They're a direct representation of the Lord. Now, I know in the New Testament, we have all, through the blood of Christ, been made priests and kings. But when it comes to the fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, that is a role that only God can call a person into. You can't just say, well, I think, I think I'm going to go out and be a world-famous evangelist. You, you can't do that. That is an anointing. I think I'll just go out and I'm, I'm going to become a prophet. You can't do that. That's a calling from God. Then you can try to do it, and you'll fall flat out on your face because that office is an office that God places a man or woman into with supernatural equipment. And if you don't have it, Trust me, it's quite obvious. Praise the Lord. So, it is fascinating how God set up the temple system to work and operate with the Levites and the priest working there full time and the people honoring the Lord with the tithe. And you have to understand that the blessing flows down. The priests were the teachers. Teachers of what, Pastor Stephen? teachers of the commandments that God gave to Moses with the instruction, teach my people these commandments so that they know what's pleasing to me and they know what's wrong. And the priest had to teach them because uh, they had to say, look, everything that you learned in Egypt and everything that you see in, our, in the neighboring nations around us, don't pay any attention to that because they do all kinds of crazy things. But we are a holy people unto the Lord and we do things differently. And the system of tabernacle worship was well-structured 
And God had a lot of rules and regulations. Uh, he was very serious about the way that he wanted to be worshiped. And one of those things where a lot of detail was recorded was the way that offerings were to be done, the way the tithe was to be presented. And it's a very, very beautiful thing. And the priest would teach the people about tithing. Can you imagine a pastor who would not teach his own flock, his own sheep, about the principles of seed time and harvest, of giving, sowing and reaping, and tithing. That would be like a priest under the Old Covenant uh, not teaching the people about the instructions and commandments of what is required to please the Lord, where you would think, well, he's being uh, negligent of his duty. Yes, he absolutely would be. And that's why in the Old Testament, you see the tremendous value of a teaching priest. The priest was not just there to give the blessing. Oh, he, he was authorized to do that. And it was a tangible anointing and blessing that he could release. But my friends, the, te- uh, the priests were the teachers of the law, explaining it to the people. This is what you're supposed to do. And when you do what God says to do, there is a reward that's associated with it that's called the blessing. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. And so that blessing would flow down as the priest would receive the very best. The tithes of the people that were going to the Lord were received at the temple by the Levites, and then the Levites paid tithe, and that highest level of the best of the best went directly to the priest, and they would eat it. Uh, uh, And that included everything from meat to olive oil, uh, to money, and all of these different things. It would be apportioned a, a to the priest. And by the way, there were a lot of priests, uh, thousands, that would serve at the temple, and they would have rotational shifts where they would rotate in and so forth. Uh, you weren't there all the time. Uh, it was a great, great privilege to be in that ironic priesthood and have that divine calling. And, you, and if you weren't Uh, in that tribe of Levi, and you weren't a descendant of Aaron, you could not be in the priesthood. No matter how much you wanted to, if you were the tribe of uh, Judah, or Benjamin, or Simeon, or Issachar, or whatever it was, and you thought, well, I want to be a priest, you weren't allowed. You were not allowed to do that. Only those that were descendants of Aaron could do that. And so, it was a very special ordinance, very special blessing. But the priest would receive the very, very best. And that was God's plan because the blessing comes down. The blessing never goes from the bottom up. The blessing always comes from the top down through God's structure that He has established within the body of Christ. And you see that very clearly in Psalm 133. I'd like to read that because I think it's very, very beautiful. Psalm 133, verse 1, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil. So the oil is uh, sacred. You couldn't pour anointing oil on just anybody in the Old Covenant. It was strictly forbidden. The oil that was used for temple worship, you could never ever put that on what we would call a regular person. It was forbidden. So it, is, it says, it is like the precious oil on the head. Okay, so it starts on the head, running down. You may, want to run, uh, you may want to underline the phrase running down and notice how it's used here in Scripture to describe the flow of the blessing, the direction of the blessing. It is like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard. The beard of who? The beard of Aaron the high priest, they received the very best, running down upon the beard of Aaron, running down. There's the words again, running down on the edge of his garments. See, it runs down. The anointing, the blessing flows down. It is like the dew of Hermon descending, descending again, coming down, descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. So, When Jesus said, give, and it shall be given, he's not talking about the tithes. Jesus, trust me, knew all of the commandments of the Old Testament scriptures. He here is talking about offerings. Woo, praise the Lord. And it is the offerings that get you over into these spiritual laws and principles that we see. For example, in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, seed time and harvest will never cease. As long as the earth is standing, 
And last I checked, we're still on the earth. It's still here. These laws that God has established in the earth, they will work if you work them. Mm-mm. Now, let's get back to verse 38 and understand that when he says give, he's not talking about tithing. Jesus knew that the tithe went to the temple and it goes to the Levites receive it, and then the priest received the tithe of that. He knew the structure. This is talking about what's over and above the tithe, and this is the area of offerings. Woo, praise God. Give, and it will be given to you. Now, I have literally heard people, I'm talking about Christians, out of their own mouths say, well, I've given and I haven't seen anything from it. Or I I give and it just doesn't seem to work to me or for me. Well, when I hear statements like that, um, I realize that they're saying a statement where something is really off somewhere. And although I'm not really curious to be a spiritual investigative, uh, you know, reporter to find out what's going on, I just know that something's not right there because I'll give you an example. One time my wife and I were in Taiwan, and we finished our meetings, and we had some free time while we were in Taipei before we flew out. And while we were in Taipei, we were invited to go up to uh, the top of the tower called the the Taipei 101. At that time, it was the tallest building in the world. Uh, Today, it's the second tallest building in the world, but nevertheless, it's still really high. Well, we went to the top, and, you know, you, you, there's a high-speed elevator, and, you know, you have uh, the views and all of that. But what if I were at the top and uh, went over to where the rails were at, climbed over the rail, and then just jumped off, and instead of going down, I went up? What if I didn't go down? Well, and I told that to you. Well, it didn't work for me. Gravity doesn't work for me. You would think, well, that's crazy. You're no different than I am. What would make you exempt from natural laws? Well, uh, nothing outside of a miracle. But we're talking about everyday living, so we're not really discussing miracles. But the thing is, is that natural laws work. And if you jump off, you're going to go down. And that's just the way that works. So when Jesus said, give, and it will be given to you, you have to understand that's a law. If you give, it's going to be given to you. And so this works. This is a tremendous spiritual truth, and I want you to understand it. Now, give, and it will. Not might. Not I sure hope so. Well, maybe it'll work. Maybe not. No, he said it will. It will. And it'll work just as real as the laws of gravity and other physical and natural laws that are in the earth. But we have to work it. See, there's some people that said, well, I give, and nothing happened. They haven't even paid their tithes. They're not even really even on the giving level. Uh, You you have to give God first what belongs to Him, which is the tithe, and then after you've given God what already belongs to Him, which is the tithe, now, now you can get over into giving. Woo! Praise the Lord. A lot of people think they're givers. They haven't even paid their tithe. They they don't even really know what giving is yet. Mm Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. I just kind of feel that reverberation in the spirit as I said that, that the light has come on for somebody. Well, Pastor Stephen, I've, I've given, nothing happens. No, you haven't, you haven't given, you haven't even paid your tithe yet. And you have to understand that in the body of Christ, less than 20% of all Christians even tithe. And there's, uh, there's a lot of money problems in the body of Christ. And, you know, you see uh, all of these different Christian ministries that specialize in finances or teaching people financial principles. And these, you got, you got people calling in by the boatloads. Hey, I've got all kinds of money problems. Help me advise me what to do and stuff like that. Um, so it's a major thing, uh, money problems. And a lot of it is because of disobedience, just not honoring the Lord with their finances. And the Lord clearly said, as you know, this was said to the prophet Samuel, that something that the Lord had revealed to him, where God said, those who honor me, I will honor, but those who dishonor me, they'll be lightly esteemed. And in other words, you don't really have God's attention. You don't have God's blessing. Why? You've dishonored the Lord, and you can dishonor him with finances. A lot of people do that. They think they're too smart. They don't need God. Think they got it all together, and they'll just give whatever it is they want to give. Uh, But you know what? Uh, You can go into a spiritual barren wasteland by doing that. Because if you dishonor the Lord, 
uh, not through uh, just actions and words, but also through finances. There'll be areas in your life where the enemy can just come right on in and have, why, why he has legal access and he can come in there and do some yucky things. So you want to honor God, give, and it will be given to you. It will be absolutely good measure pressed down. Now this is uh, the word picture of a man in the market. He's got a long robe on, but back in those days with the robes that they wore, the front part could come up because there was an under robe underneath that, and you could take the front part uh, and pull it up. Of course, you'd have a belt on, but you'd pull it up to the belt, and you would you would kind of pull it out, the front part of the robe like that, and now you've kind of formed like a, like a basket, uh, something that could be poured into. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure. So it's like holding your robe like this, and somebody, uh, uh, you know, you want to buy corn, and that they're just going to take, come and pour all that corn in there and just start pouring it in. So it says, good measure, press down, shaking together. In other words, you want it compacted so you can get just as much in there as possible. Good measure, press down, shaking together, and running over, running over. Well, that's, that's more than enough, isn't it? That's abundance. Will be put into your bosom, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, this is very important. I want you to meditate on this statement. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Okay, are you ready for this? God does not determine what your harvest is going to be. You determine what your harvest is, what it's going to be, by the way that you measure out the sowing of your seed. Could you imagine the foolishness of a farmer sitting on the front porch of his house there in a rocking chair looking out across his fields and he says, wow, I'm, I'm ready for a big harvest. I'm going to get me a big harvest this year. And you say, well, uh, how much, uh, how much did you sow? You've got 600 acres out there. How much of it did you sow? Oh, I just sowed three acres right over there. You only sowed on three acres? Yeah, that's all I need to do. I'm expecting a huge harvest this year. Well, what about all that other acreage? Well, see, no, no farmer would think like that. You would use as, as much ground as you have available to sow your seed. Praise the Lord. So it's not, it's not so much that God is the one who determines your harvest. Now, it is God that works the miracle that turns the seed into harvest but the harvest is determined by the way that you measure your giving. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, this morning, as I was on the way over here to share this message with you, I saw this very large dump truck coming towards me. And I just thought, Lord, that's the way I want my harvest to come to me, in a big, giant dump truck load. Well, if I want that, I can't, I can't measure it out with a little, my seed with a little bitty spoon. Because if I just give a little spoonful, I'm going to get a, you know, maybe a larger spoonful back. So I want to be able to give and sow in a way that I have an abundant harvest. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, mm -mm, running over, running over shall be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you, praise God. You know, we're getting close to Christmas. And I really believe that this Christmas can be the Christmas for you where it is the most generous Christmas that you have ever had in your life. Now, I'm not talking about foolish giving or giving gifts that are so lavish and elaborate that people can't even like well, you know, you have to be wise in your giving. Don't, don't overgive. That's, uh, that's something that sometimes people do. You, you want your gifts to be on target. You want it to be something that they like, something that blesses them. But at the same time, let me say this. You're giving, and the harvest that you're going to receive back, I think it's based on the quality of the seed that you sow, and also the quantity of the seed that you sow. Uh, quantity, a little measure, and you're going to get a larger measure back. But if you want to get 
a large measure, now you're going to get a really, really big measure back. Praise God. It's going to come back to you just the way that you give it out. But let me say something also along this lines of quality. Nobody, even a poor person, wants to receive as a gift somebody else's old wore out stuff. I was in a meeting years back, the true story, where uh, you know, this first time I'd ever spoken at this church, and you know, so I wasn't kind of familiar with, you know, the way the pastor did things there. But he had a worship leader that was leading the worship before I, I came up as the guest speaker, and the worship leader, um, he was a real goofball, really. He he's leading the worship and um, uh, just doing a bunch of goofy stuff. No, no anointing really on the on the music probably should have just stopped and sat down and you know because he's just uh but you know that that's his moment to shine so he squeezed it for all it was worth and it was really all about him but then he tried to carry on the holy facade a little too far and uh you know he's trying to act real spiritual and uh, not just with his uh leading the worship but uh, sometimes some of these things he was saying and so just before he finished and turned the you know the service over to me to come up and, and preach he said, you know what? He said, I love all of y'all so much. All of y'all that are here. He said, I love all of you a whole bunch. And he, he said, I just love you so much. And he said, you know what? He said, I'll demonstrate my love to you. If there's anybody here, maybe you just don't even have a pair of shoes. He said, I'm taking my boots off right now, and I'm going to sit them up here on the platform, and I'll just go home barefoot. He said, I'll walk home barefoot tonight, and if you don't have a, a proper pair of shoes, you just come up and you just take my boots. And he took them off, and he uh, walked down barefoot and went and sat down, and nobody picked up those boots. Why? They were a pair of old, stinky, nasty, dirty boots, not even clean. They looked like they needed to be thrown in the trash can. And he actually thought somebody might go up there and get them. Nobody wanted those old dirty, nasty boots. My friends, if you, if you give like that, what kind of a harvest is going to come back on, on that type of a seed? Oh, well, Pastor Stephen, uh, I'll just put it in a box and I'll send it over to some undeveloped nation. and they'll, they'll want it for sure. No, nobody wants your old dirty socks. Even if they're over there walking around barefoot, they still don't want somebody else's old dirty socks, old wore out stuff. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, you have to give to people in a way where you don't overgive because then you can uh, set them up for false expectations. You want to give in a way where it makes sense. But at the same time, you don't want to humiliate people and degrade people by trying to give things to them that you, you never would want to use or wear yourself. You wouldn't want somebody to give that to you. So this is very important. And we see, we see this in the book of Malachi chapter 1. And it says here in verse 8, and when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, just talking about an animal being brought to the temple, but the animal, which should be the best, you're going to bring the tithe, you should bring the very best of the, of the ten animals, bring your best one. Somebody's bringing one that's blind. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? I mean, this is not only not a good idea, this is evil. God called it evil. And when you offer the lame and sick. Is it not evil? So you have nine good animals. God says, the tithe is mine. Give me the one out of the 10. The 10% belongs to me. But God said it has to be the best. But when you take the animal that's lame, can't even walk, stumbling in there to the temple with that animal, and it's sick, it's contagious. God said it's evil. It's an evil thing. Mm-mm. He said, offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts? Well, we know that God is much higher than any man, much higher than any governor. But when we give to the Lord, we should give our best. Praise God. Hallelujah. So giving, don't let it just be mechanical. Let your heart be into it. Praise the Lord. Don't, don't give somebody a Christmas gift because there's a bunch of kooky gifts you had left over from stuff that people gave you that you didn't want, and you, because you don't want it, you're going to use that 
as your Christmas gifts. No, they, they don't want them either. <laughs> right? <laughs> Ever had somebody give you like something like a pair of socks for Christmas, and maybe the socks cost $2? And they're really bizarre. They're gigantic size. They, they don't fit the person. So, the, you know, that's why they don't want them. So they're going to give them to you. Brother, here's your gift. And, you, you know, it's like, no, I don't want that. I, that that's, a, that's a weird gift, praise the Lord, that we shouldn't even call that a gift. You're just trying to get rid of something that you yourself don't want. Stop and think in your heart, what would make them happy? And it doesn't have to be an expensive gift. It just has to be something that targets their heart. Now, it could be for somebody that maybe uh, God does put it upon your heart to give them a, a, an expensive gift. I had one of our uh, online church members called me uh, a few a few days back, and uh, this dear lady said, uh, "Pastor Stephen, do you like Apple products? You know, like you know their their tech stuff." I said, "Oh yes." I said, "I have an Apple laptop." And I said, I, I, I have some Apple items, so sure, yeah, I, I like their stuff. She said, How's your, how was your phone? Uh, you and Pastor Kelly, are your phones uh, okay? I said, well, mine's getting a little bit outdated. And uh, I said, I, I could certainly use another phone. She said, well, I want to send a check, not to the ministry, but to you and your wife to be able to buy the latest, greatest, uh, the new Apple phone that has just come out the one that the most storage and the very highest level, the, you know, the HD model. She said, uh, I'm going to send you a check to cover it for each of you to go out and get your brand new Apple iPhones and the extra for the cases and everything like that. Now, my friends, um, you have to understand that there are times God wants you to be a blessing. And when he gives you the green light to be a blessing, it thrills your heart. It thrills your soul to be able to do that. And when you have that green light from the Lord to be a blessing, then give graciously. Praise God. There are times when the Lord has released me in certain areas to be a blessing. And if we're going to do it, let's do it right. Praise God. Let's, let's honor the Lord through the way that we live. Praise the Lord. That includes the way that we give. Don't send some gift all messed up. Uh, you know, uh, I think I think one of the funniest examples I ever heard of this uh, was what happened uh, to this pastor in Atlanta. Now, this is actually a Thanksgiving story, but we're past Thanksgiving. But it works for any uh, time of the year, any any festival or any uh, national holiday or whatever. But I was ministering in Atlanta, and while there uh, at the hotel, my wife and I, uh, were t we turned on the TV to see what the local Christian stations were, were playing. And so there was a local pastor that was preaching on one of these smaller uh, stations. It wasn't like a big network, but it was still a, a good local channel. And he was preaching away, and he was really preaching a really good message. And he talked about what happened at his church with one of his church members. And uh, he said, he found out later, this is what happened because the lady told him. The lady, she went out into her garage to look at her freezer. Now, here in America, for those of you that are outside of the country, a lot of Americans uh, have a refrigerator, but sometimes you'll get a freezer to put maybe larger objects in that you just want to freeze, and you might not eat it for a year or two, but you can just leave it in there. Well, anyhow, uh, she was cleaning out the freezer, and uh, she found a turkey, a frozen turkey that she had bought a long time ago, but had somehow not seen it or forgotten about it. It was covered up under all the frozen peas and frozen corn, but there was a frozen turkey, and uh, it had been in there for so long, uh, she had completely forgot about it, and she took it out and um, looked at the uh, the wrapper on it and uh uh, looked at the uh, the date of expiration and found out that uh, she basically had bought it about uh, uh, 19 or 20 years ago. And so it had passed the expiration date by at least 18 years or something like that. And so she thought, hmm, this is an old turkey. She said, I wonder what I'll do with it. So uh, she called the turkey company and she said, you know, I've got this old turkey frozen in my freezer. 
And uh, she said, if I cook it, will it still be good? And the man on the phone said, oh, well, you can cook it all right, but it's going to taste like rubber. He said, oh, no, it won't be any good at all. It's going to be awful. He said, I wouldn't want to eat that thing. She said, oh, so she said, it's no good. He said, oh, it's no good. He said, you you would never want to eat that. It's going to be just like, it's going to come out like a piece of rubber. She said, okay. He said, what are you going to do with it? She said, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to do with it. She said, I'm going to take it. I'm going to give it to my pastor. Mm, and you, you don't think that happens today with all the teaching? Woo! With all of the things that the priest taught the people. Look, the priest taught the people, if you do it this way, God will bless you. If you do it the wrong way, it's not going to work out good for you. But people like that. Uh, and so that pastor was just explaining, yeah, that lady gave me that turkey. <laughs> the worthless turkey. So, and she thought she had done a great thing. She thought she, thought she had hung the moon by giving that pastor a turkey. She thought, surely God would open the heavens and extend blessing uh, and uh, send an angelic choir to sing uh, her praises. But you know what? Heaven looks down on stuff like that and just says, wow, they, ju- they just don't get it. Wow. When you give, you want to give in a very uh, gracious way that tells the person, hey, you really love them. Don't give them some stupid gift they don't want. It, it's a giving that tells them you really love them and you actually thought about the gift because that's something that they like. That's something that they want. That's something that they would enjoy. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. So the quantity of the gift, yes, it, if, if it's generous, then you can get a generous amount back. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. But it's with this principle, the same measure that you use, it's going to be measured back to you the exact same way. And if you give low quality, bad quality, a goofy old turkey, uh, a, a, you know, a weird toy that somebody gave your kids, that even the kids didn't want to play with it, you're going to give that away. You're going to turn around and give that. Mm, and I've had people send me that stuff in the ministry. I, I've had people send me things like that. <laughs> oh, Pastor Stephen, you must have cherished it. No, I thought that's something that they, they didn't want. They gave that to me because they didn't want it. <laughs> uh, I've actually had people send me ministry gifts that, that, that actually came from other ministers. So these other ministries, they have ministry gifts, the love gift of the month. And I've had people take those gifts and send them to me. What does it say? It says they they didn't want it, didn't have any value to them. So what do they do with it? Oh, send it over to me. (laughs) Like I'm supposed to jump up and down and shout, (laughs) and also like, I don't have enough sense to realize where that came from. Praise the Lord. These things have a lot to do with honor. And if you dishonored the priest back under the old covenant, Uh, you have to understand that the blessing came down through Aaron, through the priestly blessing. It came down, it flowed down, it flowed down over the head of Aaron, over his beards, down over the the edges of his garments, just like the uh, dew of Hermon coming down. Mm -mm. If you dishonor the Lord and you do other methods that that are not of the Lord, well, that's why some people are frustrated with their giving. They think, well, I've given, where is the harvest? Well, it could be that the harvest uh, is coming back in a way that uh, is very demonstrative of the attitude that has been presented in various forms of giving. Praise God. Mm, There's a lot of this stuff in the body of Christ to people giving things because they don't want it anymore. And that, well, I've, I've worn it out and it doesn't have any value, now's a good time to get rid of it. Praise the Lord. You know, um, I, I share this not to uh, try to draw any attention to myself. I share this just, to, I'm just trying to give examples of, I think if we're, if we're going to preach it, we should lead by example. I gave my pastor uh, a Rolex watch, and it did have a few years of use on it. So what I did before I gave it to him is I sent it to the Rolex uh, headquarters in Dallas, Texas, so that it could be uh, just gone through. And I sent it there. They took it apart completely. 
any parts that were old or uh, had any wear or tear, they take them out, throw it away, and they put brand new parts in it, and then they polish it, they, they oil it, and, uh, you know, because it's, it's an automatic watch, so you have all these little parts that are moving, and when they sent it back to me, uh, it looked like it was literally brand new, and it cost $800 just to have it serviced, but I'm not going to give something to somebody that needs to be taken somewhere and fixed, <laughs> right? Who wants that? Now, it was already running perfect anyhow, but it's just the way that you do things. If you do things the right way, don't give something to somebody that's broken. Don't give something to somebody that doesn't work right. Don't ever give something to somebody that you wouldn't want yourself. Mm-hmm. Praise God. So the Lord, He elevates us. He elevates us in these areas because He says, for with the same measure that you use, the way that you give, the quantity, the quality, the heart attitude, the thought that went into it, well, it's going to be measured back to you the same way, the same way. Wow, these things are fascinating because we're looking at spiritual laws that can't be broken. Praise God. Now, I believe that this Christmas can be the most joyful Christmas that you ever go into, because I can, I believe for you, can be the most generous Christmas of giving that you've ever had before. And regardless of what people think about Christmas, its origins and uh, its meanings and so forth, and I, I know there's a lot of stuff baked in that, you know, from Christmas trees to all of this and that, it's, it's not like it's in the Bible, but even still, uh, everybody around the world, regardless of who they are, they're going to be celebrating Christmas. And it is a great time for even unbelievers to consider Christ. And, you know, even though I don't believe he was born on December the 25th, <laughs> nor were shepherds out in the field in the middle of winter. But that's a, you know, that's a different story of uh, more of the technicalities of the uh, way of it, how it actually was. But even still, people all over the world, once a year, are going to be thinking about God. They're going to be thinking about Jesus. So, I believe that Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than it, has, than it is to receive. Now, we don't have that recorded in the Gospels of Him saying that, but the Apostle Paul uh, mentioned it, and it was obviously something that he said, and so uh, we can take that to heart. Off the top of my head, I believe that's Acts chapter 20, verse 35. But it is a great blessing to give, and I pray that this Christmas can be your most generous Christmas, where you're just, you're blessing people, and you're getting it right, where they get a gift, and they think, now, how do they know that? How do they know that's something that I really would have liked? Praise God. I believe that uh, you can be a Spirit-led giver not just some robotic person giving out a bunch of stuff that people don't even want or they're never going to use or they say thank you and then, then they're going to take it and throw it over on the side or give it to somebody else or, or something like that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let the Holy Spirit be in your giving. And I believe you'll start to see beautiful harvest, the kind of harvest that you want coming into your life. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people today that they learn what the Jews under the Old Covenant understood of the element of honor in giving, of giving our best, of honoring you, O God. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. Father, we thank you. There's a part of you where there are certain gifts you won't accept. You wouldn't accept a lame sacrifice, a blind sacrifice, you wouldn't accept something like that. So, Father, we just thank you. Let us have the right heart in our giving. Father, let us also be gracious receivers. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the flow of your anointing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I have a friend of mine. He's an apostle, lives in Singapore, and he was in a meeting one time receiving the offerings from the people. Uh, he administered uh, in this conference. The conference was on the final meeting, and uh, offerings were being received. And uh, they were, it was being done as unto the Lord. And he said, please come, bring your offering, place it in my hands. I want to pray a blessing over it, and I, I want to speak a blessing to you. And a man came 
and placed an envelope with money on the inside of it. He put it in my friend's hands. And my minister friend, he held it. And he said, no. He said, I can't bless your offering. He said, this is not what God told you to do. And he said, that man who had given that envelope exploded in rage, which of course is not a good thing. Anybody exploding in rage is in the flesh. That man got real angry and said, how can you say that? He said, there's a hundred thousand dollars U.S. cash in that envelope. And my friend said, well, it's not what God told you to do. He, he said, I can, I can hold it in my hand and I can, I, I sense disobedience. So he said, I don't want your disobedient money. God doesn't want it either. Take your money. <laughs> he had offended the Lord. And the Lord was speaking that through my friend who was apostolic and prophetic and told the guy, he said, well, hey, this is between you and God. God doesn't accept your offering. I'm not going to accept it. You're not going to get me in trouble. And that guy stormed out of there. Mm-mm. But, but a few days later, it came back to my friend and said, you know what? He said, I knew the whole time that I was being disobedient and rebellious and stubborn. And uh, so he, he brought another offering back. And my minister friend held it in his hand. He said, no, it's still not right. And the man said, but that's what the Lord told me to do. He said, yes, but he said, you owe interest on your disobedience. God says, you you forgot to put the interest on it. You were supposed to have done this amount certain days ago. You didn't do it. So because of your disobedience, the right offering has passed the time, the allotted time. So the Lord says, now you owe interest on it. So he didn't argue. He went back, (laughs) talked to the Lord about it, found out what, uh, appeased the heart of God, what should be done that was right and honorable. And then he brought, brought it back. And my friend held it in his hand and said, this is an offering that is fragrant and beautiful and acceptable to the Lord. Mm, mm, mm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Pastor Stephen, it just doesn't work for me. That's like saying I stepped off the top of Taipei 101 and I didn't go down. Now, if I did say that, people would say, no, something's going on. Gravity works. Yep, it sure does. And so does verse 38. So if somebody's saying it's not working, there's something wrong somewhere. Okay, you're, if we want to replicate this in the laboratory over and over and know that this is not a theory, this is a law, then we can prove it. But if it's not working, you're, you're doing something wrong in the laboratory. So in, in your walk with the Lord, you have to fix that, and you have to get that right. And every gift, every gift should be on target. Mm-hmm. had two plumbers in my house yesterday hooking up a water line to the refrigerator for the ice maker and so forth. And uh, for whatever reason, that line had been cut underneath the house during a former remodel, and uh, so they had to go in their house and, you know, hook all that up and run a new line and stuff like that. So, of course, you know, they're going to send us a bill. Uh, but, you know, I know all of those guys, and my wife and I, we, we appreciate people that come over and do an honest job. So, you know what? We gave them, uh, two of the guys, a really nice uh, portion of beef jerky, praise God. Now, I had to give them a whole cow. It's not you know, it doesn't require that, but just something that says, Hey, I appreciate you coming over and doing a good job. Here's some really nice beef jerky. And it was, it was a really high end beef jerky. Praise God. Any guy's going to like that unless they're a vegetarian. There's no guy that's going to turn that down, but it's just getting gifts that touch the person's heart that, that says, Hey, you know, I'm more than just a number. I'm more than just a worker or a statistic. You know, you mean something to me. Praise God. Mm-mm. So you can do those, you can do things like that all the time. You don't have to be a multimillionaire to be a giver. You can start right now and you can just nail it perfect every single time. Those little things just say thank you. Little things that mean a lot. Woo, praise God. Mm-mm. Might be buying somebody's drink uh, at a restaurant or at a coffee house or something like that. But the Holy Spirit will help you in this area. Thank you, Jesus. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. 
For with the same measure that you use, it would be measured back to you. Pastor Stephen, I'm going to get a great miracle. I gave an old turkey to the man of God. Oh, you're going to get a harvest all right. It's going to be measured back all right. Mm-mm. So this is why people get frustrated. Why is it not working? What, what's going on? So those are things you have to dig into in your prayer life and get all that ironed out with the Lord. And this is something I've learned. If you get it settled in your heart by waiting on the Lord and praying, and you get it settled in your spirit, uh, like a compactedness of knowing, oh, this is, this is what's pleasing to the Lord. This is not too much. This is not too little. I'm going to be a blessing to that person. Then you get those harvests back where it is pressed down, shaken together. In other words, compacted just as much as possible back to you. And I think getting it right does require a close walk with the Lord. Mm, mm, mm. Praise the Lord. Mm, mm. Thank you, Father. A lot, a lot to meditate on just from that one verse. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for it being a light unto our path. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're watching today, you have to understand that God is the greatest giver in the world. If you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have to understand that God so loved the world that He gave. He gave what? An angel? No, His only Son, His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. So if you don't know God, you don't know the greatest giver, but it all begins by receiving His Son Jesus as your Savior and Lord. If you would like to do that, pray right now. Pray this prayer out loud. Pray it after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, but you died on the cross to save sinners. Jesus, save me right now. Wash me with your blood. Write my name in your book of life. I give my heart completely to you today. Jesus, give me your eternal life. I receive you now as my Lord and my Savior and my King. Jesus, thank you for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. And I'll say this you can never outgive God. You can never outgive God. Mm-mm. And God works with you on your level of measure. Some of you need to raise your level of measure. Instead of giving out a little bitty old uh, you know, spoonful, you can get, throw those spoons away. Start uh, uh, coming to a new level. One of the greatest days of my life, this was about 24 years ago, was when my wife and I sold our first $1,000. And I'm not talking about the tithe. We already paid our tithes. We, we're tithers. But we sowed a $1,000 seed. I knew that day we had done something significant in the eyes of God. And since then, we've had the privilege of sowing other seeds, many other seeds, uh, uh, larger, uh, but that also a a thousand, we've been able to do that many times in many places. But the Lord keeps taking care of us, keeps blessing us. And I believe that God wants us to be giving people, hallelujah, and to be real good at it, really targeted at it, get it just right. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. My wife's very, very good at that targeted giving. She had a pair of beautiful shoes the other day that she looked at, and she said, you know, Stephen, I, I, I only wore these shoes one time, and I'd, I'd like to give them to somebody, but, you know, you have got a couple different factors here. One, it has to fit the person, uh, their feet has to fit the right foot size, but number two, you can't just give these to anybody. It has to be somebody that would uh, really like them and would appreciate it and would actually wear them. And so one name came up to her, uh, came up in her spirit, but she also thought in her mind, oh, but you know, Lord, I, I don't know about that person, but that name kept coming up in her spirit. And she said, you know what? That person is the person that I'm going to give them to. And right when she had committed to do that in her heart, she got a text from that person who has never texted her before with a very, very sweet statement that this person had made, a, a, just really a thank, a, a, a thank you text 
the first time she'd ever texted my wife and it was just confirmation and Kelly said Stephen that's the person who is supposed to get those shoes you know what? God's got people out there all over the world that can bless you. There are people just standing with all kinds of blessing and provision. And there are some people that are like, who am I supposed to give this to? Mm-hmm. So my friends engage in this area of giving. It's, uh, it'll open up one of the greatest aspects of living in your life. Praise the Lord. Now let's take Holy Communion today. Woo, praise the Lord. Holy communion. Grab some some unleavened bread and some grape juice. And if I've been a little bit blunt today, I would say please excuse me when I make some of the statements I make. I'm not trying to be rude, but I am trying to teach. I am trying to teach and, and for some of you you've never you've never been taught these things. So I, I don't blame you. You've never been taught. It'd be like not having a priest in your life who was honest with you but a good teaching priest. He told the people, hey, this is what God requires, so let's do it in a way that honors the Lord. Mm-mm. And for a pastor to not teach their people that, actually, um, is, a, is a pastor that, I, 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 don't, I think in cases like that, they fear people they fear people. Maybe the, maybe the, oh, he's just talking about money or something like that. Really, they fear the people more than they fear God. And I fear the Lord because that's why Paul said, let not many of you be teachers. Why? You're going to be held to a stricter level of accountability. (laughs) So I'm not holding anything back. (laughs) And if there's any of you out there giving out 20-year-old turkeys, yes, I may be a little bit blunt, but I'm going to tell you the truth. That is deplorable to do something like that. And if you've done it, you should repent. You shouldn't just say, oh, well, I didn't. No, you should repent. That's dishonorable. That's dishonorable to the Lord and a bad representation of a child of God. Now, no, no condemnation, but there should be repentance. And there should be something that says, you know what? I'm not going to do stuff like that anymore. Because <laughs> also, you don't want harvest like that coming back into your life. All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. Wow. I just thank you this past week of a prisoner in prison sent me uh excuse me, not me. This one wasn't this. No, it was. This was for me personally, if I remember correctly, sent me cash from a tithe that he he had received money. uh, And uh, he sent the tithe on some money that he got and an offering on top of that and sent it to me, a prisoner, got locked up for a long, long time. Wow. I didn't weep when I read his letter, but I just about did. It touched my heart, and I prayed for him, God, that a man in prison would send a tithe, so he would honor you with this tithe, and put an offering on top of it. Wow. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Well, when Jesus said, uh, uh, the first will be last, the last will be first, I think in situations like that, we'll see that divine flip, because you'll have those that maybe the world sneers at or looks down upon, but they have learned obedience, and they're doing the best they can right where they're at. And God will highly lift them up. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it. We consecrate it and set it apart as holy through this prayer. We thank you that this is the body and the blood of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. Thank you, Father, for the body of Jesus. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for your way of doing things. And that always includes honor. Praise the Lord. So, Father, we thank you. Let us honor you with our giving and all that we do. And in our giving, thank you, Father. We receive your best in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake of the body of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Have you ever had a goofy gift given to you? You you remember what that feels like? And you know what you're going to think from now on? You're going to think, well, Lord, they just don't know. They just don't get it. Trust me, if they'll give it to you, they'll, they'll give it to God also. Mm-mm. Praise the Lord. I've had them give it to me as a minister. Sure, if I'm a representative of the Lord, if I'm in the fivefold ministry and they give that to me, yeah, they would try to do the same thing to Jesus. Oh, they wouldn't do that to Jesus, Pastor Steve. Oh, yes, they would. Yeah, they'd give him a 20-year-old turkey. 
Sure would. The only difference with the Lord is He wouldn't take it. He'd, he'd say, no, I'm not, I'm not receiving this. I'm the King of Kings. <laughs> Woo! I, I think for some of you, Jesus is just a little too honest. <laughs> oh, Pastor Stephen, I love the Lord. Yeah, you'd love Him until He started getting honest with you. Mm-mm. Woo! Mm-mm. Father, thank You for the blood of Jesus. Thank You, Father, for the mercy of the Lord. We thank You that His mercies are new every morning. And that for the mistakes we've made in the past, that every time there's a new morning, there's a new day and a new start. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We ask that if we have committed any sins, we ask that you would forgive us. Wash all our sins away. Thank you, Father God. We pray that you would lead us away from temptation. And we pray that you would deliver us from the evil one. Thank you, Father. Let us honor you with all that we do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the blood of Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for today's message. We thank you, Father. Let this be the most joyful Christmas we've ever had. Let us be able to give the most perfect gifts right on target that touch the hearts of those whom we give to. Thank you, Father. Father, let there be thought, let there be heart in all of our gifts. Father, we give you praise mm. in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I was going to give a gift one time, and I got busy doing some things, and I, I, I didn't get around to it, and then I had a visitation from the Lord, and I said, oh Lord, by the way, what do you think about that gift? Wow. You wouldn't believe what the Lord told me. Wow. He told me something so sacred. Sometime soon, I'll be able to share that with you. Mm-mm. Sometime real soon. Real soon. Woo! Jesus actually told me what He thought about a gift that I wanted to give. I just wasn't sure if, mm, you know, wow. He came and personally told me. Wow. I'll never forget it as long as I live. I want to be able to share that with you soon, and I think I will. I think I will be able to share it, maybe maybe in a couple of weeks. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. But He's very big on this. He's very big on this. Let's close by looking at it one more time. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Ooh, praise the Lord. Mm-mm. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. My friends, thanks for watching. I look forward to seeing you back next time. Till then, stay blessed. Bye-bye.